Look at somebody and smile just massively. I mean, like all over your face. Would you do that? Because 2019 is our year of joy. Some of you had enough sadness and sorrow and grief and pain for a lifetime. Let's read the scripture together in Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Lord is what? Favor. Okay? So I want to show you swiftly what I believe to be the, the, the most precious, happy New Year's greeting ever. Okay? Show, show me that. Okay? Here it is. Say happy, happy. New, new year. They don't get any better than that. Don't get any better than that, okay? Uh, anybody love babies? Anybody love babies? I mean, I'm not saying you love changing diapers. How many love babies? Anybody? So you know that's our granddaughter, and uh, she's, got, she's just getting more and more words all the time. And she'll say, you got to be careful around kids because they will say what you said. Watch yourself, okay? Uh, they also can sometimes uh, absorb things that you don't want them to absorb. They can absorb your brokenness or they can enjoy your they can absorb your favor is that right am i right so uh and your blessings the blessings that's upon you uh he wants to pour on them as well so uh i love this today i want to continue to talk about joy and today i want to talk to you uh from the topic roadblocks of joy okay roadblocks of joy and uh, I, it's important for me to talk to you about this. Uh, my wife and I went on a Christmas trip. We left on a Thursday morning with the anticipation of arriving in Chillicothe, Ohio uh, on Thursday at around 6 o'clock. That's an eight-hour drive, and uh, we planned on doing it in eight hours. We didn't just want to hang around. We weren't trying to get there early. We just, for whatever reason, we never planned for the traffic jam that took place just before we got to Williamsburg. Now, it wasn't the traffic jam that I thought it was going to be because it went on past Williamsburg, and we were in that traffic for about uh, 30, 35 minutes. We were sitting. Now, what had happened to the traffic is this. Somebody had decided that they needed to close one lane uh, well up past Williamsburg. And uh, so uh, we're, they, they blocked one lane, so everybody had to slow down and drive in the, eventually get into the right lane. And then how many of you are those people that stay in the left lane as long as you can so you can get in front of people? Come on, where are you? All right, praise Jesus. What's up with y'all? Just get on up there. So anyway, they're merging together. And uh, so uh, we're getting, anybody ever get frustrated in traffic? Anybody? Because you know if that one car in front of you would get out of the way, it would fix everything. Uh, so uh, the traffic is moving slowly. Finally realized that, you know, we may be late. We, you know, we make some phone calls and that sort of thing. And then we get up to the end of the traffic jam. Finally, all the traffic's in the right. And what's going on is there's this large median that's up there. It's just a massive median, beautiful trees, and there's a bunch of grass, okay? So there are cars, uh, trucks that have pulled off to the side of the road that are trimming the trees in the median. So because they pull off to the side of the road, they close the entire left 
lane of traffic. I'm sorry, all right? So I was frustrated enough, but then I took my frustration with me and I carried it all the way to Chillicothe. Anybody know what I'm saying? You take your pain, you take your frustration, you take your hurts, come on, and it's one thing to experience it. It's not about the experience. It wasn't the 35 minutes. It was that happened. And this is what else we do. Sometimes we have more than one situation that happens in our life. And then it's twice the weight that we're carrying. You're saying, why is my back hurting? Why is my life so miserable today? Why do so many things irritate me? It's because that you had something that happened in your life. And rather than resolving it or dealing with it, you decided that you would carry it. Now, why are you so tired all the time? Why are you so weary? It's because you never dealt with the roadblocks of joy. Can't get these things apart now. Anyway, you couldn't deal with the roadblocks and you're still dealing with them today. And God would like to set you free. Tell somebody God would like to set you free. Tell them. We should be filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, I, I showed you that picture of Aylin in part. I just want to do this in the opening, but uh, Matthew chapter 18. Let me give you the context of this. The dis- oh, that's good. All right. I like that picture. All right. And Matthew, go, go on to the next one. It's so cute. All right. Go, that, that's, that's me. All right. That's cute, isn't he? Look at that smile. You see. Can you still see him? All right. I saw all these video, these pictures that people were putting up. Uh, anybody see this on Facebook where they were, you take your first profile picture and your most current profile picture and you put them together to see whether or not you have aged. Okay. Now I saw all kinds of them and guess what? Everyone aged. <laughs> Except me. <laughs> Surprise. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and, but all of us at one time were younger. All of us were, right? And everyone is aging. The question is, how are you aging? What's going on on the inside? What's happening in your heart right now? What are those things that need to be settled? I like this, this moment in Scripture because what happens is the disciples, if you look at the context and read in other Gospels as well, you see the context is the disciples are all walking and they're having this private discussion about Who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of God? Who's the greatest? And they really had a practical understanding of the kingdom of God that Jesus would one day set up his kingdom and that they were going to be his main guys. They would be the guys. You know, they would sit around him. Someone is left and someone is right. And then the question is asked, you know, so who's going to be the greatest? And Jesus, knowing what they're thinking, hearing their talk and their chatter in the background, he just stops and he brings a little child up and sets him on his lap, a little child. And he says to them, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what he's saying is you're worried about you're worried about whether or not uh, you're going to be the greatest. And he's saying, I just want you to begin by being a part. Right? Just be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And then he gives an illustration. The child comes up and he said, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he wants us to be like 
a child, all right? Now, I, I throw this picture because uh, I had a great childhood. Uh, I was uh, the youngest of three uh, boys for the first 10 years of my life, and then my youngest brother uh, came along, who was uh, right at 10 years younger than I. So I was the baby for the longest time, and I had a great childhood. I, I don't remember my papaw. Anybody got a papaw? Okay, if you're from Kentucky, you had papaws, okay? Papaw Hawker, I don't remember him visibly, but I've got all kinds of pictures. I know how, I've got pictures of how old I was when, when he passed, and, uh, but uh, my papaw called me uh, he had two nicknames for me. Rick, your little trick was one of them. And the other one was little bit. All right. So he called me. You, you want to call me that? You can. I, I mean, it sounds a little weird now, but, uh, but, uh, and he would play with me. I have, you know, I have, uh, an understanding of that. I am very fond of that because I had that generational blessing. Also as a, as a little boy, I was, uh, I was just into stuff. I was having a great, I had a great time when I was a little boy. I just had a good time. And, uh, which means, you know, I had to be corrected a little bit more than my older brothers, uh, because I tested things. I just didn't take my parents' word for everything. I tested a lot of things. Uh, I would go where no one went before, you know, and, uh, I, um, uh, I had some incidents that happened as a little boy, like uh, you've heard me tell the story of where I was burned so severely. So I was burned severely on my, the right side of my face as a little boy, uh, but the Lord healed me of that. And one week, the burn fell off my face, and they were, they were planning to graft skin, and the Lord healed me. And uh, I also, uh, you know, I remember I was talking with Jojo today about his fall. Praise God that God brought Jojo through that. What a miracle, I'm telling you. He had a bump on his head and a broken arm, but... I fell down a large flight of steps, and, and he doesn't remember it. And I told him, you're in the club, because I don't remember when I fell down the steps as a little boy either. Uh, but, but God's doing good things for him, so keep JoJo in your prayers. Amen? But uh, I had a lot of those, you know, I had those moments, but I, I don't ever remember saying, you know, that impacting me, like, massively. It was like, these are things that happened. I don't have a lot of recollection, and I had family that surrounded me and blessed me. Uh, and it was good. I just remember loving being a little boy. I had self-confidence. Uh, I, I was competitive. And I, was, I learned very young that I could sing. Very, very young. Because my brothers and I, my two older brothers and I, dad stood us up to sing. And, you know, for, for years we always sang together. But I remember when I was a little boy and had my first solo with my brothers at church. Because they would stand on either side of me, and they were both, at that time, taller than me, which is not true today. Anyway, uh, but uh, they would sing, anybody know the song, There's a Rainbow? Anybody ever heard that before? Okay. It's not about what you think it is. Okay. It's, never mind. That was funny. Okay. So it is, uh, it was like an old gospel quartet song. And we would stand, and I would sing, they would sing. Shining every day, all along the way, there's a rainbow of love. Isn't that great? And we would try to harmonize. But I was just really little, so all I sang was, there's a rainbow. And my brothers would stand on either side, and they would sing, shining every day, all along the way. And they would poke me, and I would go, there's a rainbow. And they would sing, of love. And they would just go on and on. So I, I have those. Isn't that precious? I mean, I, I love that I have those memories. And I, I know everybody doesn't have that kind of, of childhood. I understand that. And, and I, I, and I want to talk about that. Uh, but but here's, here's what I'm saying. Uh, when you're little, 
And that child that Jesus put on his lap, when you're little, it seems like everything is magical and musical. I held my granddaughter for a little while and for a little while during worship, and for a little while she just started going. And now and again, we'll just be standing there, and Avelyn will take a dance break. I mean, nobody's singing. She'll just go. I say, why are you doing that? No, I don't. I just laugh. And I wonder, why don't grown-ups take dance breaks on occasion? Wouldn't that be cool if at work on Monday, a bell went off, and everybody said, dance break, and everybody jumped up out of their seats and just... Ready? Dance break! I have two people doing it. Oh, three. Okay. Just... You say, well, I can't. I'm a grown-up now. Who says you can't have a dance break just because you're grown-up? I mean, really, what happened? You see, there's a time in our life when we stop hearing the music, and all we can hear is the alarms and the dings of our phones that, make, that they make when our text messages come in, and, and we're just, am I right? We're just kind of caught up, and everything is severe, and everything is serious. We can't think about the joy of exploring. We no longer think about living our spectacular theatrical life because we're too busy watching everybody else's movie and wondering what they're doing so we don't write our own. And sometimes this flows out into our spiritual life. We can't think about the incredible high of the Holy Spirit and just waking up in the morning. Let me ask this. Is there anybody in the house that's a child of God? Anybody? Anybody? So, I mean, just waking up in the morning and stretching and praising God that you're his child. Wait, I'm a child. Anybody get this? I'm a what? I'm a child of what? A child of God. You say, well, that I'm a child of God. No, would you stop being so ecclesiastical all the time, all right? Just, I'm a child of God. Yeah. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy, which is exactly what I intended, all right? You know, we're, we're, we're more consumed by the hope of the dopamine that is enacted in our brains every time we pull out our cell phones which is about 150 times per day or about once every six minutes. And we just kind of get that little feed right there for a moment because we're staring at it. And, and then the next thing you know, that's it. And life is gone. And you're just... Are you with me? You're here. Wouldn't it be nice if you like at a box you could drop them in? Don't, don't be confused. I'm not telling you to throw away your phones. My heart is for us that... We could somehow embrace the, that childlikeness, not childishness. I'm not telling you to be a brat. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we could chase dragonflies again. And that rainy days would become like fort building days. And you would understand that the moon God put in the sky was so you could take walks in the evening. And stars are there so you can look at them and, be, and have a sense of wonder. And you just, just, just love life. There, there isn't anything in the world that you can't hear as music if you'll just pause for a moment. I'm just being too crazy right now for some of you. Here's the problem. Life happens, and some of us just ran out of joy. The beloved Apostle John talks about this when he, when he suggests this in 1 John 1 and 1 through 4, that statement, what do you do when you're running on empty? 
Some of you don't even know you're on empty, but you do when you're in a car, right? Anybody have an alarm that goes off? Like I do. It's like I'm, I don't even have to look at my gas gauge anymore. Because when I'm down to about, you know, a little under a quarter of a tank, it goes ding. And a little fuel pump shows up in the middle of my dash. And it says, you know, you, you need to, I don't, you just, you need to put gas in the tank. Listen, if you haven't been able to laugh, if you're not smiling anymore, if all the wonder has gone out of your life, that's, come on, that's the alarm. That's what it is. Ding, 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 ding. Warning, warning, warning. It's time to fill up your tank. And I'm glad you're at church today. Was anybody singing today? Was anybody dancing? Was anybody worshiping today? Anybody? What we're trying to do is say, come, Holy Spirit. I want to. Some people just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I want to be filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So, all right. What do you do with roadblocks? You got to get over them. Right? So here's roadblock number one. The fear that you are not a child of God. Anybody saved in this room? How many know you're saved? Okay. I'm going to lift my hand too. Didn't always know I was saved. I didn't. I didn't always know that. I'm looking at 1 John chapter 1. And uh, John talks about the beloved apostle. He talks about all these things. And he says, there's, a, you know... We've handed this down to you, the things that we've seen with our own eyes. And, we've, and we bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Anybody like the idea of eternal life besides me? Who really likes eternal life? Anybody like that? Let me, let me tell you, the older you get, the more you like it. Okay? Some of you think you're going to live forever. <laughs> okay, I am but I get a new body. All right? I really believe in eternal life. And you know why? Because I have accessed it through Jesus Christ. I've accessed it. And that's what he's saying. You get eternal life that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So he's talking about all of this for this purpose. And these things we write to you. So everything else, and I'm going to look at 1 John here. We're writing to you that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Your joy tank needs to be what? full. You, in order for you to have joy, you've got to know that you're a child of God. Do you hear what John is saying? This is what the church is all about. This is why we are here. Our forefathers in the faith, faith saw Jesus. They saw him die. They saw him raised to life. You have eternal life. Is that good news? How many believe Jesus rose again? Anybody believe that? So we're celebrating his resurrection because he lives, I also live again. So where is the kingdom of God? Does anybody know where it is? Inside of me. Lift your hand if he's inside of you. The kingdom of God is inside of me. So when I die on this earth, all right, there's something alive inside of me. My spirit man is alive and I do not really die. My flesh just can't handle me anymore. My flesh lays down and the spirit man inside of me, the kingdom of God, just, just trying to make a good noise. I don't know what it is, but I just disappear. I just, boom. I like that. That was good. Boom. I like that. That was good. 
And my body is gone, but I'm going to get a new body. Anybody excited about a new body? And I'm going to be with the Lord forever and ever. But some of you don't get this because you're not thinking. You think that you are not going to get eternal life. And I feel bad for you. But I remember this. Anybody remember growing up thinking, I'm going to go to hell? Anybody remember that? It was like every night you prayed that frightening, horrific prayer. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. We should rewrite that. If I die before I wake, I praise the Lord my soul he'll take. That's the way it should sound. You got it? I'm saved. No, some of you are struggling with this. We're saved by grace. We're saved by what Jesus did for us through faith in Jesus. How many believe in Jesus? Anybody believe in Jesus? By grace, through faith, in Jesus, right? Not by works, otherwise you can boast. So there is nobody who is good enough. Nobody. Nobody good enough. Jesus is good enough. You receive that? So I believe, and then the, the great teaching in Romans is this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be Okay, let's, let's just let's go there, okay? All right, how many in this room are not good enough to be saved? I'm not. I'm with both of my hands. So my righteousness, all my good works, the Bible says they're like filthy rags. So I believe in Jesus. How many believe he was sinless? Anybody believe that? He is God, the Son, and how many know he died on the cross? And he became our atoning sacrifice. He... Our sins were nailed to the cross. And when he died for me, he also went to the ground, then he rose again, breaking the power of death so I don't have to be afraid of death. Anybody that believes in him, even if he's dead, yet he shall be alive. Okay, so how many believe in Jesus? How many believe that Jesus is the Lord? Okay, you believe that Jesus is your Lord? Okay, well, just tell me, who is Jesus? He's the Lord. He's, he's the boss. He's in charge of your life, right? He owns everything about me. My life is his. Anybody believe that? Say it. Jesus is what? Okay. And do you believe in your heart? Check your heart. Do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? What? Congratulations. You just won the eternal life lottery. Congrats. Look at somebody say, congratulations. Pat him on the back. You didn't win $100,000. You won streets of gold. Somebody praise Jesus. No more sickness. No more death. No more tears. Come on. Somebody in the house ought to take a dance break. I'm telling you this. Because I can remember, and some of you know this as well, I can remember going, and it's okay to look at your life and hold yourself accountable. You should want to live righteous because you are a child of God. How many know that? And the Spirit of God will help you and will convict you of those things that are not like Him. But He convicts you because you're His child. Anybody ever felt, what? I shouldn't have done that. Anybody ever felt that? Do you know why you feel that? Why do you feel that? Because you're a 
child of God. This is a roadblock church. Some of you are in the kingdom, out of the kingdom. Saved, not saved. I mean, you're, you're, you're born again, backslid, born again, backslid. Any given second, you could split hell wide open. How miserable is it to live your life that way? Why don't you settle it in your heart right now? I say it, I am. Say it, I am a child of God. Shout it, I am a child of God. Praise Jesus. Roadblock number one. Roadblock number two. Personal failure that you cannot forget. Anybody ever blown it before? Then, then John writes this. He says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, and instead of reading that, let me just take you to the Living Bible Version. I like this translation. It reads so clearly to me. My little children, I tell you, amen, amen. We got the kids in the house today, amen. All right. Dance break, okay. So, my little children, I'm telling you this so that you will stay away from sin. But if you sin, there is someone to plead for you before the Father. Read this with me. His name is Jesus Christ, the one who is all that is good and who pleases God completely. He is the one who took God's wrath against our sins upon himself and brought us into fellowship with God. And he is the forgiveness for our sins and not only ours, but all the world's. You want to praise God for that? Now, wait, wait. I'm not talking about little things you've done here. I'm saying you believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and the same Jesus that rose you from the raised, the same Jesus that rose from the dead will also by the spirit of God quicken you and you also rise from the dead. We believe this? Okay, how many believe in resurrection? The problem is we believe in the wrong resurrection. Jesus forgave you of your sins and in your past you have failed miserably and you keep resurrecting your past. It's like there's a tomb, and anytime something that triggers it, you roll the stone away and go get that dead thing that was in your past and carry it. And then there are people that like to help you with that. How many know there are folks like that that love to remind you of what's going on? Now, I'm not talking about little things. I'm saying your broken marriage, maybe your drug-addicted past, your poor parenting, your sexual brokenness, your criminal background, your life of sin. How many of the list could go on and on and on? Anybody? I mean, and somebody says, hit all of those. You know, I'm just saying, when I write that, some of you are thinking that. Now, now listen, here's the truth. You can't have full joy and live in the past. And here's what you need to know. Jesus took your brokenness, your broken marriage, your sexual sin, nailed it to the cross. It's over. When you put your faith in Jesus, the one who pleads to the Father pleads because he was the one who suffered and died for your past. Who We gave them our sins. Don't take it back. Don't go to the sin graveyard and keep digging up your yesterday. We used to say it like this, when Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. You need to say that. Come on. When Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Roadblock number three, hatred, unforgiveness, unresolved offense towards others. I could have just made this a huge run-on sentence if I wanted to. Hatred, unforgiveness, unresolved offense. 
uh, verse 9, John says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Okay, so I notice he keeps saying brother. I think we could also put the word sister there, right? Hey, brothers and sisters, how you doing? I love y'all. No, I love you. All right? Just want you to know that. And some of you hurt my feelings a few times. Ah, I forgave you a long time ago. Listen, listen. Some of you, I've hurt your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Do you know how many people don't go to church because of church hurt? Something happened years ago, and you just can't get over it. You can't forget it. Listen, some of you have people that have hurt you intensely, but here's the deal. I'm just talking. Let me start on this level and remind you. Very specifically within the church, you have to be free from your unforgiveness with one another. And you can't just outrun it. I'm just never going to talk to them again. I've set up a boundary. Yeah. And we can tell because we see what's on your shoulder all the time. It's why you can't get involved sometimes, why you can't get in ministry. I mean, you don't have trust anymore. Has anybody ever read the Word of God when it comes to offense? Is there anything in the Bible that says, stay offended? You say, well, you know, I don't hate them. I just can't stand them. You hate them. You're just rationalizing yourself. Come on. Let me just help you. Specifically, brothers and sisters, there's more that I could put on this list. But number one, identify what happened. Identify it. Stop, because if you don't identify it, the story will just keep becoming more and more embellished. Sit down and consider it, maybe with somebody else. Name it and feel it. If you were hurt, pause. This is what happened, and this is how I feel. If you need to weep, go weep. Talk about it with somebody, not 50 people. Okay? Just somebody. Sit down, have a conversation with a brother or a sister. Spiritually process it through prayer. Don't just take it to somebody and talk. Process it with prayer. God, let me tell you this. When, when you pray, you've got to pray for that other individual because you can't be offended and pray for somebody at the same time. Oh, God bless them. No, you can't, you can't just constantly be praying. God, whoop them, Jesus. Whoop them. Whoop them good. Make them come crawling back to me. No, no. Plan a time of healing and reconciliation. I forgave them. I don't have to talk to them. You probably didn't read the Bible about this, did you? If you need reconciliation, how many know you need to talk? So I don't think it's going to go good. Well, then take somebody else with you, like a pastor or a leader or something like that, and talk together, all right? But talk to them, and then ask for forgiveness and or give forgiveness, right? Ask and give, and then like shampooing, rinse and repeat. Do it until you get out of your life. Now, you will not live in complete joy without forgiveness. You will not live in joy without, with, with anger and hatred. Children know better than to live in hatred. It's not in them, and we are children of God. Now, sometimes the hatred is much deeper. I want to show you one of the cutest pictures of me ever. This is me on my pony, Prince. Okay? I rode that horse faithfully, that pony. I swam it across rivers. I took it up and down one the hills in southeastern Ohio. I mean, I never, even, I never said, hey, I'm going to go horseback riding. I just said, put the bridle in its mouth. I mean, I was like 
I was country boy, and I look kind of country boy right there too. And uh, that was a great horse. I'd put up little sticks and he could jump really, really well. Just the greatest horse. So the reason I show you this is this is another picture of my childhood. Remember the baby picture? All right. So uh, this is a picture of the year that I was victimized by a man. It was that year. All you see is a boy sitting on a pony. You didn't see what happened to me. You see that? Come on, church folk. You see? Well, he got old and died, but uh, I, I had him for a long time. You like that pony? He's cute. See? That's Abraham. What happened to the pony? That's cute. I love that. That's, come on. Go ahead and preach for me, son. That's good. So I tell you this. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. I'm, I'm only showing you this because, I, because most of us have had some kind of pain in our life that we have struggled overcoming. And there's so much relational brokenness and sexual brokenness in our culture. And I'm good. Look at me. I'm doing well. Praise Jesus. All right. Uh, but I had to deal with it. The Lord had to, had to stir it up. And because I wasn't living in a culture that dealt with stuff like this. It was at a time in life that was, uh, you know, you just get over it, son. You know, and I didn't. I was so embarrassed by it that I never told anybody. Never told a mother. Never told my father. Never told a friend. Never told a school teacher. Never told anybody. So you kind of carry those kinds of roadblocks you with you for year. Can I get an amen from somebody? You just kind of carry it year after year after year. So you see. I'm telling you this because you may not have had real joy since you were at a particular place in your life, since something traumatic happened. You lost a loved one. You were wounded. You were, you were injured. You were victimized in some other way. So let me just give you a quick, when, when you're on the roadside, you had to call AAA. This is quadruple A. Just made that up. So you can still get victory and you can still get your joy back. One, acknowledge what happened. Stop lying about it. Do you hear what I'm telling you? The one reason you can't acknowledge it is because you believe it's your fault and you won't believe you'll overcome it. So you've got to acknowledge what happened. All right? I tell you, uh, for me, in the last six years of my life, I have told this story more than I did all of the rest of my life. Okay? So I acknowledge it, and I also acknowledge it wasn't my fault. If you were victimized, if the enemy has attacked you in some way, just go ahead and say, wasn't my fault. You say, well, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. No. How many know the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, right? And yes, there could have been other situations that have been set up that would have made it better. If that conversation had been something in my household or somehow I could have dealt with it. But it wasn't there. But one thing I know, I'm not going to live my life blaming my parents and blaming everybody else. I just got to know I can't blame myself for the rest of my life. And then you've got to allow the Holy Spirit access to your wounded heart. It's like, God, I want to talk about everything. I just don't want to go to where it hurts the most. How many have been there before? You know, somebody, we start to have prayer. You know, get all the prayer workers up here. and you, I preached a good sermon. And, and I say, okay, now if this is for you, I want you to come up. We want to minister to you. It's like, ain't no way I'm talking about that. You know, you just kind of moonwalk all the way out the back door. I can do that too. Anyway. And finally, my fourth A, access counselors and therapists to help you walk through your wound. Is that okay? Can I get an amen from somebody? 
I mean, there are spiritual counselors. There are good counselors. There are Christian counselors we have. Uh, there, are, there are mentors. There are people right here. You know, we run living water. I ain't doing that. I'm just taking your old wound, going home with it. You know, I'm just, I'm just telling you that it is a possibility to be set free. Can I get an amen? Somebody shout, counseling is acceptable. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because God wants to make your life beautiful again. I know it's been a while since you laughed like a child or just enjoyed a walk on the boardwalk. And I, because I, I know, I know you. Neurologists tell us that there is a difference between something negative that happens in your life and something positive. So today, if nine people, if nine people look at you and say, you really look good today. I just love that you're at church. Anytime you walk in the door, my heart is so full. Nine people give you a compliment, but one person walks up to you and says, you know, you just acted stupid all day. You will not remember the nine because one negative comment, one negative moment sticks to your brain like Velcro. How many know I'm telling the truth? Anybody know that? So what do you do about this? You got to... In order for you to assimilate the beautiful, you got to stop. Okay? Look at me. Look at me. I want to show you this. Watch this. Look at me. Okay? You ready? Look, look right here. Look at me. Look at me. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're here today. And I look for you when you come. And you're such a gift in my life. You're a beautiful, beautiful gift. And you're important to me. I'm not, I'm not playing with I'm not lying to you. You're amazing, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Now stop. I want you to meditate on that for 15 seconds. Just meditate on it. Oh, no, you need to stop, because some of you are saying, he's just preaching, he doesn't really mean that. Now stop, stop. All right, let me help you, because some of you are having a problem meditating on it. Here's the word of God. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Ready? Remember what I said? Ready? Close your eyes. Meditate. One. Stop. Now look at somebody and smile at them. Look at somebody nearby. Go ahead, smile. Go ahead. See? Wow. Wait, wait. Now wait, wait. Now look at me. How do you feel now? Anybody feel better? What? Lauren, what? Can you... Listen, listen. I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm getting ready to close this, but I'm telling you that if you want to heal... You're going to have to listen to what God is saying. And you're going to have to listen to blessing. And you're going to have to listen to favor. And you're going to have to listen to hope. And you're going to have to listen to purity. And you're going to have to listen to peace. Because there will be enough junk spoken in the world. Come on. There's enough junk. Come on. I'm blessed. Come on. I'm blessed. I'm favored. I'm a child of God. Come on. Listen to what God's word says. I, I got to finish. I'm bringing all of this up to let you know. That no matter what the condition of your life today, God wants to give you joy. 
And he wants your joy to be full and complete and childlike. Again, that scripture in 1 John, these things we write to you that your joy may be complete. Trust me, there will come a time in our life when we will be threatened to live our life jaded. If, if the things that happen to you, I had too much experience in my life to be quit. Some of you, some of us died 20 years ago and we're just waiting on the funeral. It's that feeling, that anxiety, that stuff that just comes over you. And I'm fighting for your heart. I weep for you. I don't think I have. Do I, have an, I don't have another video up there. I should have put it up. There we go. One of my favorite videos of this Christmas. Preston and Avalyn on a swing in the backyard in their pajamas. I just want you to look at that. Because I know... It's hard to be on a swing and not have a good time. What do you say when you're on a swing? Wee! <laughs> but sometimes when your legs are a little short, it's hard to get the momentum to make the thing go up and down. Aren't you glad that you have a good, good father? And if you'll just stop crying long enough to get on the swing, he'll give you the gentle push that you need. Come on, to keep it moving so that your life can be filled with joy. Look, it's not His will for you never to experience joy in the Holy Spirit. One day your life is going to flash before your eyes. So make sure it's a life worth watching. Make sure that you've been on the swing with Daddy. Come on, Abba Father, long enough to take some breaths and enjoy a crisp December, January afternoon. Make sure you don't throw all that away. Jesus wants you to be more like a child. Be present. Be in the moment. Be, give yourself a permission slip. Permission slip for what? Take a walk. Go to the zoo. Play in the yard. Do you know swings are designed in the park for adults? I'm going to hurt myself if I swing. You're going to hurt yourself if you don't swing. Create, imagine, invent. How's that? Oh, wait, you know... I'm done creating. I'm who I am. Look, your, your job does not define you. Amen. People come and say, what do you do? I laugh. Next time they say they do that. What do you do? I smile a lot. No, what do you do? Well, I, I rejoice. No, no, no. What do you do? I take dance breaks. Create, imagine, invent, do something new. Accept your imperfections. Come on, really? How many struggle with this? Anybody? Just accept. How many know you got some things? Listen, you can't do anything about how tall you are. Stop fussing about it. Okay. Amen? Lauren, you got that? You can't, you can't fix that. Smile and laugh more often. Spend time admiring God's creation. Take a risk. I remember I learned that. At a speech in college years ago, a guy was saying, he was, a speech was what to do before the psychiatrist comes. And one of his points was take, learn to take risks. 
I'm not saying go jump into traffic. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you were thinking, you know, I wanted to go back to school because this has always been on my heart. Take a risk. Take a risk. Enjoy life. Go take a boat ride this year. Don't let another year go by and you never have one time walked out on the Virginia Beach fishing pier. It's going to cost $2. Play, wonder, just look at the world, look at the sky on occasion, turn up the music, stop turning it down all the time, take a nap, I'm tired, I'm so tired, lay down, take a nap, renew yourself, and then bless yourself, look in the mirror and say, hey, I ain't so bad, laugh at yourself, smile at yourself, bless yourself, tell yourself that you're favored, that you're the head, not the tail, you're the front, not the back, come on, tell yourself the truth about God's word. I'm done. Everybody stand up with me. Everybody stand. Okay. Uh, it's 112. I believe we got a lunch today at 2. So I need to do this right now. Watch this. Watch this. I preach this. I preach this. Anybody receive this word today? Anybody? Yeah. Now who's saying, Pastor Rick, that word was for me. All right. Some of you are weary and have lost a lot of joy. I want you to come and stand right here with me right now. Okay. All right. Somebody help me with this. Come on. Would you pull those, pull those apart? Okay. There we go. One goes there. One goes over there. Okay. Enough of that. You ready? Look at this. Look at the roadblocks. Look at the cones. Look at them. Look at these cones. Look at them. Look at them. Look clearly. I want you to stare at those cones. What is the roadblock? What is the roadblock that is keeping you from experiencing the joy of the Lord? What is it? Look at it. Look at it. Whisper it to yourself or think about it in your mind. You ready? You ready to take the step? Are you going to stand on that side of this roadblock for the rest of your life? Are you ready to say enough already? I'm not going to let that roadblock control me anymore. Anybody with me on this? You ready? Come on, just hold your hands up like this. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I choose not to allow this to control me for the rest of my life. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to get past it, but I'm not going to live in the sorrow the rest of my life. I'm going to learn to be a child of God. I want to sit on your lap. I want you to push me on the swing. I'm not going to live in fear for the rest of my life. I choose. I choose in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit. To break free. To break through. Alright. Now all of you take a dance break. dance you ready in the name of Jesus as a sign of what you have said now I'm going to ask you to walk past the roadblock and stand on the other side of the platform ready one two three come on come on come on let's celebrate with them let's celebrate with them come on all right now come on 
Okay, how do you feel better on this side? Isn't it better being on this side? Notice the traffic is clear now. Anybody notice that? Stay up here close. Stay up here close. You don't have to go too far. So because those, unless you're going to join the praise team. All right, so stand up here close. All right, all right. Now I need you all to come and stand up here because to, you need to take their place. Okay, stand in this place. All right, all right. I'm going to I'm going to teach you this. I taught you this last Sunday. I'm going to teach it to you again today. There is power. There is power in the Word of God. There's power in His Word. Come on. Come on. As many as you will, come and stand with me. We're going to just celebrate. This is an altar celebration. Okay? is what it is. In a minute, in a minute altar workers be ready. But uh, I want you to stand right here. Come close. All right? All right? Everybody everybody, shout and celebrate. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! Come on. Yeah! You guys. Come on. Celebrate. so shall your strength be. He will turn your sorrow into your your mourning into dancing. Yes! Okay, you got to do better than that. Come on, come on. I want to hear your celebration. All right? You got to get crazy. You ready? To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of...
The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their trouble. The Lord is near to those who have a broken and save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, come on somebody. Happy is he who has God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fathers and the widows. Last one, shout it. The joy of the Lord. Somebody. Some of my altar workers, altar workers, I want you to come. Altar workers, my prayer team, come cross the roadblock with you. Here's, here's what I'm telling you. You don't have to cross the roadblock by yourself. There are people that will pray with you, right? Everybody else just stay right here. Everybody else just stay right here with me. Come close, come close. I want you to lift your hand in the direction of these who have made this crossing. Lift your hand. And I want you to pray in the Spirit. Pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come on. Lord, let these roadblocks be broken. Roadblocks that they are carrying. Let them lay things down. And we pray that you would be glorified as you heal your people. Lord, we ask that you would fill them with the joy of the Lord. With joy and the Holy Spirit. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Overwhelm them with power. And your presence. And Lord, we ask that you would stand against the great sorrow and the heaviness and the depression of so many. I pray, Lord, for the people in this congregation today. Bless them, I pray. Holy Spirit, those of us that are standing in this room that have heard this word, Father, let them know how to dance before you and to rejoice before you. Fill us with your spirit and your power. Lord, I bless my church. I bless them. Lord, bless them. Keep them. Let your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Give them peace. Yes, Lord, give them joy in Jesus' name. I bless you all. They're going to sing a little bit more, and you guys can go ahead and worship. Go ahead and dance. Everybody dance, pray, worship. They're going to pray for them. Sing a little bit more, praise team. Come on. When you're finished, I want you to know that I love you. I'm so glad that you came to freedom today if you're new. Meet me.
in the hospitality room in the welcome center. God bless you all. When you leave this place, leave in the joy of the Lord. God bless you all. Thank you.